the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I don't know if this is the second year, third year. I don't even know how long I've been doing this show. But you know what I'm going to tell y'all? I'm going to act like today is my anniversary. And I'm going to tell y'all I have outperformed expectations. Oh, my. That's right. It doesn't matter what y'all think of me. I'm going to, I am here to declare that I have outperformed in all areas of the job. Okay. Nothing for y'all. No feedback needed whatsoever. Right. And I am the just. The message said, and. Yeah, we're talking about Biden. Today is uh, today or tomorrow is Joe Biden's uh, anniversary. And uh, he did his press conference today. And so we've got some of the highlights or lowlights, depending on how you're looking at it, uh, to to tell you all about that. Hey, the pressure has been on Fauci, okay, to release the information regarding his finances. Don't you guys think we have a right to know how much he's being paid? Where his investments are, how and, and not just how much he's being paid in terms of the highest of, uh, paid from a salary standpoint, federal worker. But where's the rest of his money going? Fortunately, uh, we, you know he he lied in front of the uh, in front of uh, the Senate hearing as to his pay. We've got uh, uh, Adam Angievsky is going to be here from Open the Books, who's going to share his efforts to get this transparency, get this information to the American people, because we absolutely have a right to know about this man's finances and it's starting to leak out little by little and we and we have a right to know. It El, Wednesday's means Elhoff, the financial thought doctor will be here. Uh I had some I had some giggles today when I heard uh some of Biden's explanation having to do with the the economy. Uh 40 40 year high of inflation and I, I it's a head scratcher for me honestly. It, I can see why hashtag #dementia is trending, tr- trending. <laughs> is trending on Twitter because I could not figure out what he was, why he was, his explanation for what they were going to do to solve who he was blaming and what the explanation was for how they were going to solve the price increases that are happening. Those topics and more to share with you guys tonight. 888-344-1170. Did you watch the press conference today? I'm not, you know. I did, so you don't have to. I took the bullet for you guys. But uh, there's some interesting things that happen. If you did watch it, I'm curious to see what you thought about it and which I can't play all the sound bites tonight. I'm only on an hour tonight, quite frankly. Uh, while he only spoke for 20 minutes, it would take hours to kind of uh, dissect what happened today. But if there's anything that I don't think about here or don't share with you guys that you think is noteworthy or just anything you want to share with me, do give me a buzz. 888-344-1170. I know sometimes when I have two guests on a show, uh, y'all, f- you know, typically feel like there's not time to call in, but I will make make time for you to give us a buzz here on the show. 888-344-1170. Also, um, feel free to email me. I'm starting to get a lot of emails. com forward slash contact. Thank you to the one person who emailed me today in the middle of my Newsmax interview this morning. I do Newsmax on Wednesday mornings. I wasn't sure I knocked it out of the park, but I thank you for telling me that I did. See, unlike Biden, I didn't, I don't think, you know, that, that I'm able to self-assess. I don't go, Hey, I, I, I've overperformed every time I step to the microphones or every time I do anything. Uh, but thank you to someone who recognized that I'm one of the few people that actually refers to it as the Democrat party, not the Democratic party. 
Speaking of the Democrats, I think they're they're playing some kind of games tonight on the floor. I'm going to have my man that I'm about to bring in here. I'm going to have him keep his eyeballs on D.C. If there's anything to report to you guys about any shenanigans happening with Chuck Schumer trying to uh, go around the filibuster to try to push through the election theft, we'll keep you posted on that. Speaking of the man himself, it's DJ Potato Skins. It will include and across the board. DJ, DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. Yeah, the talking filibuster, who knows how long that'll go on. I'll keep people abreast. But I just want to point out, I email mm-hmm. you each and every day, so you're, you're, you're always getting contact. Well, yeah, but I, I mean from the listeners. I know. I'm well, just I kidding. guess I should consider you a listener as well, because last night you sat in rapt attention as I overperformed with my analysis on MLK Day. I over I over overperform every day. But you know, actually the truth is, am I ever am I am I rarely am, how often am I wrong in my analysis? And I, I wish you were wrong more often. We'll just we'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. You're nine, we have about a 99.9% track record. Yeah. In fact, this morning I was asked on Newsmax what I expected today, what I was looking for in, t- in Biden's press conference today. And one of the things I talked about was whether or not uh, his the, deme- the, the, the dementia in chief would show up today or would we see a glimpse of because sometimes he actually comes to the microphones and he can be lucid at times. Sometimes he literally doesn't know where he's at. I think they particularly schedule uh, scheduled this at, at a certain time of the day before he gets worn out um, so he could not address the nation in prime time. I actually think that he came out with typically what he does when he's actually at his best, when he's it, it, there's never such a thing as overperforming for you, Joe Biden. That's over him even saying that is overcompensating for the fact that he knows that, you know, his best days were like 30 years ago if he ever had a good performing day. But I actually think today was one of his better from a performance standpoint. However, there was some really, um, uh, one of the things I was concerned about in terms of who's going to show up is that he is on the world stage every time he comes to a microphone. And I don't say it with any glee that this man is, is mentally a pile of used cat litter at this point. Because anytime my president of the United States, whether installed in the White House or legitimately elected, comes to the microphone, all the bad actors of the world are watching and paying attention and looking for opportunities that they can seize upon. And we do not, even at on his best day, we are weak at best. And that was one of the things that was concerning to me. One of the things I asked Skins to pull a couple of clips that he edited down for me. One of the things I thought was a highlight or a, an actual low light was when he went corn pop on a reporter today who was asking him, what are the Democrats trying to do tonight? They're trying to steal, permanently steal the elections of the United States of America. On last night's show, I told you guys two stories. The Wisconsin court ruled that the Wisconsin Elections Commission had violated the state's laws with their uh, drop boxes and their ballot harvesting and the multiple videos that the Federalist has produced showing even one election official, bo- election officials admitting on camera that they've broken the laws. One even joking about how, one even joking about how, oh, this year we're going to do it right. Ha, ha, ha. One of the reasons why the Democrats are trying to, to, to make it permanent, the methods of fraud, is because they won't be able to, right now, they won't be able to steal it in the way that they did before. There's too many eyes on them at this point. So now they're trying to trying to force it through. And I'm setting the stage for the soundbite because one of the tactics using MLK to try to force this through is try try to accuse any American who doesn't want to go along with it with being a bull Connor. So this reporter asked this question today of Joe Biden, and I want you to hear his response. Assuming that the attempt fails today, 
And then one more, sir. Um, you know, you talk, you campaigned and, and you ran on a return to civility. And I know that you dispute the characterization that you called folks who would oppose those voting bills um, as being Bull Connor or George Wallace. But you said that they would be sort of in the, the same camp. No, uh, I didn't say that. Look what I said. Go back and read what I said and tell me. If you think I called anyone who voted on the side of the position taken by Bull Connor, that they were Bull Connor. And that is an interesting reading of English. You, you, I assume you got in the, in the journals because you like to write. Do you, do you excuse me? That is absolutely outrageous behavior on the part this was worse than Donald Trump. Anything that he might have said about Megyn Kelly after that first debate. This was unhinged, in my opinion. And, and first of all, because, yes, he absolutely did say you're either on the side of Abraham Lincoln or you're on the side with Bull Connor. It's exactly what he did. And is he trying to deny it now because he's so demented and he's and mentally he's he's so unfit that he doesn't even remember it? Or is it the best defense is a good offense and he's seeking to, um, to uh, you know, to destroy, be an attack on this reporter, on this reporter's ability to read? That is so incredibly offensive. Can you imagine if Donald Trump or George W. Bush ever treated a reporter that way? He would have been skewered. Now, Trump got, got testy at times with Jim Acosta but and never others. disrespectful. Well, they were because they were, yeah, they were disrespectful. Anytime Trump was asked a question, it was an accusation at him. This was that a simple he had, question. This was a simple question. And then I don't have time to play the rest of the soundbite. But then actually what Biden ended up doing was going, you know, yeah, I got emotional, basically admitted that what this kid said was true because hat tip to that kid, too, for not shriveling and tucking his tail. That was verbal abuse of a reporter who asked a valid question. Joe Biden was even criticized by Democrats for that despicable, gross display of a speech. in which he defamed half of this country and then he attempted to defame and verbally abused this reporter. But then he went on to say to this reporter that, you know, basically, yeah, I said it because I'm emotional and something's got to be done here. I, I don't have time to play a couple of other sound bites. But speaking of his dementia, actually, what I found was really interesting. James Rosen uh, actually asked him. He was very respectful. Former Fox News, now uh, the White House correspondent for Newsmax, basically said to him, um, I'm not being disrespectful to you here, POTUS. But there was a poll that came out today that said 49% of Americans, 49% of Americans, when asked the question, do you strongly believe or do you strong, do you strongly affirm or, or affirm that the president of the United States is mentally fit? 49% refused to say that they affirm that he's mentally fit. And that even included Democrats. There was not one category of voter where they, in the majority, thought that he was mentally fit. And he asked Joe Biden, do you, do you, can you answer as to why Americans? Perfect question. We have a right, right to know, right? How, how much did we hear about Rod Rosenstein and others trying to invoke the 25th Amendment on, on President Trump that he wasn't mentally fit for office? Half the, uh, uh, half the country, more than half the country, let me flip the poll because the way he asked the question was kind of was kind of funky. Basically, there uh, the majority of Americans do not think he's mentally fit for office. And when he was posed this question, why Americans would feel that way, he said, "I have no idea." <laughs> way, 
way to uh, prove them doubters wrong. How stupid. I think he thought that that was clever. I don't have no idea. You know why they would say that? No, if he was smart, he would have said, "Look, you know, I, I've, you know, I've, I've tripped up at times at the microphone." And but you know what? If he had been smart and clever and, and, and on his game and not suffering and and struggling with mental fit, fitness, he would have said, you know, either laughed it off and said, you know, I've said a couple dopey things, and you know, you know, somebody what you know what you know, and so somebody might say it has you know to do with age. You know what may you know it, it you people are ageist if you think that because I tripped up on the microphone once or twice or couldn't remember somebody's name that that means that I'm mentally unfit. If he had been on his game, that's what he would have said, right? We've got some some scary uh, economic quotes. We're gonna we're economic uh, answers that he gave today. We're gonna give with Al Hoff later. But one of the scariest comments that he made today that had to be cleaned up by Jen Psaki, you know, she's the cleaner. She's the Harvey Keitel character. If you remember Pulp Fiction, after they shot the dude in the face, right? And then he showed up at Quentin Tarantino's house. Quentin, Quentin, the, 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 the segment was the Bonnie situation. Uh, that You know, she's the Harvey Keitel. What happened today was he's asked about Putin uh, going into Ukraine. And Joe Biden literally said... He was asked about it, about Putin invading. And he said, I'm not sure he knows, referring to Putin, I'm not sure he knows what he's going to do, but my guess is he will invade. Quote, he's got to do something. What? The president of the United States basically encouraged encouraged Putin to invade Ukraine. Think about that for a moment. I'm not sure what he's going to do, but my guess is he will. He's got to do something. So Jen Psaki had to come out later. And say uh, and, and say that any incursion by Putin would be met, and I quote, with a swift response by the U.S. and allies. Right now, our allies are watching this. Like I said at the open, everybody around the world, all the world leaders are watching this. If you're an ally right now, you're sitting there going, what the huh, man? What are you doing telling Putin basically that it's OK, giving Putin a green light to invade Ukraine? Basically suggesting it. And then and then Saki comes out later and saying that our allies are going to are going to have to get on board with some type of military response. What kind of reckless, insane foreign policy is this? This is absolutely outrageous. And I'm old enough to remember, by the way, that for four years we heard about Putin was the greatest threat that we faced as a country, that he was that he's the one who stole the election on behalf of Trump. And then this guy is up there basically encouraging him to invade Ukraine. You're you're a member of the U.S. military right now and you're sitting. This is the dude. This is my commander in chief. This is scary. This is real serious. You know what, Joe, if you're if you're wondering if you're still wondering why anybody would have an idea of whether or not you're mentally fit. To sit in this office, it's now. When are the Republicans going to call for the 25th Amendment to be used to have this man yanked out of office? And the Democrats would have already done it, but for Cacala, right? There's some theories going around that after the first of the year, they're going to offer the AG position to Kamala or some, some position and put Hillary in as VP. We're going to take a break. When we come back, y'all ponder that possibility. Tell me what you think. When we come back, we've got Andrew, Adam Angievsky from Open the Books, who's going to be here to talk about Fauci and his finances. Stay with us. Get more from the Andrea K Show at OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. <laughs> I started the show by bragging about how I'm I'm an overperformer, and like the second night in the row, we we're unable to get, 
<laughs> guest, Adam Angievsky. Listen, I've interviewed Adam before. We'll get it. We'll get him on the show. He's from Open the Books, and he's been trying to bring some some sunlight uh, to uh, Fauci's finances. In fact, his name was mentioned last week. If you guys watched that Senate hearing in which he called that Senator Marshall, I think his name was, we called him a moron and used the Lord's name in vain. So we're, we'll, we'll continue to try to get him him on the phone. Sometimes the East Coast guests like fall asleep on us because <laughs> it's late their time. Um, so let me continue on with a couple more comments about last night's uh, Biden speech. One of the things he said in talking about, you know, we were talking about how early the reporter, how he jumped down the reporter's throat for accusing him of, of calling anybody who doesn't go along with uh, the election legislation of Bull Connor, which he absolutely did. Uh, it raised it raised some interesting points because here you've got when 75 million Trump voters or 70 or 80 percent of 75 million Trump voters say that uh, Trump won and that no way Biden got 80 million votes. Right. That's an insurrection. That's you know, how dare you question the outcome of the election? This was that you would listen to them. Biden got 80 million votes. He got more votes than Obama did. Right. This was the fairest election in the history of the United States. Then why do we need. Election reform. In fact, he, if I think, it's the safest election, Andrea, things should stay as they are. Well, absolutely. Right. Um, in fact, you know, I think he stumbled at one point uh, because I think he was even asked at one point. Well, you know, because because he goes on to say that if they don't get this through, then 20, the 2022 elections won't be legit. So, you know, you can't on the one hand, you know, say that our, our election system was fine in 2020. But if we don't get this through, these Republicans are going to mind, dude. Yeah, it's it's one or the other. So that was that was some interesting trip ups today involving that. Um, the other we're going to bring to you guys has to do with the economy. You know, um, what I'm going to be asking Elhoff about in a few minutes is he, he this in he blamed everything on covid. Right. 40 year high inflation. And it's all covid. It all has to do with covid. Right. He literally said covid was the for the reason for why we've got all these price increases. And then he went on to say that the solution is the Federal Reserve, whose job it is, is to make sure everybody has a job. This is why I've got to I've got to ask Elhoff in the next segment, because in my life, and it's been a long time since I studied economics, a long time since I was a political science major and studied the U.S. government, but I'm not aware that it's the job of the Federal Reserve to do anything about the prices at the grocery store or to do anything about employment. Not the last time I checked. And you could tell that that was scripted. So, I mean, they're clearly relying on the ignorance of the American people. Right. But one of the things that I wanted to say about the Republican Party, we'll get into some of the economics um, with Al Hoff and and his excuse on all that and, and ask Al Hoff to address. And I'm going to play the clip for you guys, because maybe you can help me understand what he was trying to say here. But when it comes to the Republican Party, res- the Republican Party's response to him, I've got a couple of quibbles when it comes to covid. One of the things that he said he was overperforming on was covid and uh, uh, how we've got um Last summer, he said something along the lines of 90, Amer- 90 million Americans had not had a needle in their arm or shot in their arm. Now, only 30 million Americans haven't gotten a, a needle in their arm. And it's interesting that he would phrase it that way, because this this is the reason why he's phrasing it that way is because they are going to continue to move the goalpost as to what it means to be fully vaccinated. That's the game plan. 
in spite of the fact that the CDC put out a report today to saying that the unvaccinated did better, not just against the Omicron, but against the Delta variant as well, because of what? Natural immunity. They're going to continue to push for shots. This whole push for the N95 masks now is because they are desperate as it becomes clear to the American people that this pandemic is over. It's now in the endemic phase, which is what happens when you've got a deadly virus that nobody's been exposed to before. People get exposed to it. As Walensky said, over 75% of deaths result from people with at least four comorbidities. It's now mutating, which then it becomes more contagious, but less deadly. It's now really a danger only to those with at least four comorbidities and and of a certain age, right? And that brings me to my point of the Republicans' response. I'm, it's such low-hanging fruit. It's so lazy for conservatives, and I'm seeing it in media, and I'm seeing it uh, Republicans when it comes to the COVID response, saying Joe Biden promised that he would wipe out the virus, and he didn't. That is a a mind-numbingly moronic attack on Joe Biden on his first year in office, because what you're doing is you're validating that the government's role is to stop you from being able to catch a virus. He failed, but it still needs to be done. He's failed, but there is a way that the government can stop you from catching a virus, and that's their role. No. What you need to say is, Joe Biden proved that in spite of all the mandates, whether it be at, you know on airplanes, whether it be across this country in schools, whether it be in, in, in trying to do it through OSHA, and some of it, he was, some of the mandates we've seen across this country were implemented at the local level, not on a national level, but he represents the Democrat party, right? The response from the Republican party should be, he promised he could stop the virus. And the lesson to be learned is that government cannot stop you from catching a cold or a virus, nor is it their job to do so. And we need to be doing what you, the UK did today and say that all COVID passport, mask mandates and work restrictions done. are done. Done. Life must return to normal. No, we've got Republicans attacking Joe Biden that he didn't stop COVID. Ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. Hat tip to Britain. Yeah. Yeah. How is it that we now, that we see Britain the, uh, more free than the United States of America when we're the one who fought a revolution to keep to, because we wanted to, to have our freedoms and we couldn't be free under Great Britain. Kind of ironic, isn't it? Yeah. It should be eye-opening. Another thing that I'm tired of hearing about from the Republicans that is a failed response as well is when when it comes to the economy, I've heard a couple of Republicans say – uh, that um, I, I can't remember like this one that I heard this morning, how he phrased it, but he said something about, you know, government needs to get back to, you know, creating jobs. Government doesn't create jobs. The only jobs the government can create is when they expand by adding uh, uh, um, multiple departments or, or when and we've got over layers like, uh, you know, what what was it that we found out that none of us knew until the Russian ho- hoax, co- Russian collusion hoax was that we had 17 intelligence agencies. We don't need 17 intelligence agencies or or how about uh, creating a department of education that we never needed because education is supposed to be at the local level. The only time government creates jobs is by bloating, expanding government, which then encroaches into our life. Government's role is very simple. The government's role is supposed to be limited, particularly when it comes to jobs. What the Republican Party needs to be doing is saying, thank goodness 
before Joe Biden got into office, we had four years under President Trump who understood the government's role is to stay out of our business. Can you imagine where at, we would be if President Trump was? I don't know elected? where we would be. It is government's job to stay out of our lives, to not try to protect us from catching a virus through any mandate in any way, shape or form. Never again should any Republican ever buy a bunch of crap about 14 days to flatten the curve. Right? Ever again. And government's role when it comes to comes to jobs in our economy is to stay out of it. And Trump proved by easing up, number one, even more than lower taxation, is by removing regulations is how we ended up with the greatest economic revival in this country. That Those two things need to be the response by the Republican Party. Right. And we're not hearing that. And it's because too many in the Republican Party already in the particularly in the leadership are all about government control. They just they just want to be the ones to do it. Right. We need to we need to be we need we need a Republican and this being 2022 we've got here in San Diego County where we've got 230 positions where Democrats are running unopposed. There's never been a better time. I don't care what you know, Joe Biden can go in front of the American people and gaslight them and talk about how overperforming talk about how coronavirus is to blame for all the price increases and all that you know the real deal you know the real deal and and one of the reasons why schumer i'll say this one another thing the republican party needs to be pointing out instead of coming out and saying that what schumer's trying to do around the filibuster is about blowing up the senate no it's about blowing up the united states of america stop complaining about what it's doing to the senate i don't care about that institution. I'm not about institutions. I'm about the individual because that's what this country is supposed to be about. Speak only about how, when it comes to what Schumer is doing, speak only about how this is an intent to take my voice away from me, to take your voice away from you, to take the state's rights away from me, and to centralize a system of power. That is the only argument. So whether we're talking about what the Democrats are trying to do with the election, whether we're talking about what Joe Biden has done or will do with COVID, whether we're talking about businesses, it all is about one thing. It's about freedom, freedom for the individual, freedom for the business owner, freedom for our markets. That should be 100% what the argument is. And Schumer, the reason why Schumer's continuing to push it out is because, and keeping it at the forefront, whether or not it's ever going to get through now, he's banking on the fact that he is normalizing the idea in the minds of Americans by keeping it at the forefront, keeping it on the front page, keeping people talking about it, that he's normalizing the idea of centralizing the elections. And it will happen eventually if we if we don't have our representatives in the Senate. Stop yammering about the institution of the Senate, which I don't give a crap about, and start pointing out that this is about the permanent theft of the United States of America and turning us into Venezuela. We will never have a fair election again if this goes through. That needs to be what they are hammering all day, every day. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in the financial thought doctor, Elhoff. Get more from the Andrea K Show at OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Okay, but before we bring in uh, the financial thought doctor, Dave Elhoff, we're going to play this clip of Joe Biden talking about the economy today. And maybe Elhoff can help me to understand what the Federal Reserve is actually going to be doing to make it so I'm not paying $10 for a pound of bacon, okay? So play the clip, Skins. We're not there yet, but we will get there. Now, the second challenge we're facing are prices. COVID-19 has created a lot of economic complications. 
including rapid price increases across the world economy. People see it at the gas pumps, the grocery stores, and elsewhere. So here's what we're going to do. A critical job in making sure that the elevated prices don't become entrenched rests with the Federal Reserve, which has a dual mandate, full employment and stable prices. Okay, so um, Dave Elhoff, thank you for being here. Great to be here. You're fired up, AK, for good reason. Yeah. Um, first of all, getting you know, he starts here by talking about, and, and I'm not sure, you know, it's been a while since I took economics. Maybe I'm missing something here. But I'm not sure how the virus, you know, is the reason why we're paying suddenly $5 a gallon of gas, right? Or why that's why I'm paying $10 for a pound of bacon. I mean, this has nothing at all to do with coronavirus. But there's many people that might believe that inflation has to do with the virus. Um, if, if inflation had anything to do with the virus, it would have happened during Donald Trump's final year in office, which is really when we had the entire country shut down for months at a time. In fact, we didn't even have any of the supply chain problems. The only reason why I had trouble getting toilet paper and water is because people were hoovering it up and, and hoarding it in their in their in their garages. Okay, um, but one of the things that I found really a, a head scratcher, and you're the financial genius, is why he's saying that um, elevated prices. Uh, that the way that we'll keep elevated prices from becoming entrenched is that the job of that rests with the Federal Reserve. Um, which has a dual mandate of full employment and stable prices. Can, I, I, what is it, how does the Federal Reserve keep people employed? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, is that it's always, you know, the two fingers pointing away to someone else to blame. That's the way this administration has worked for this last year. But let me tell you something. Remember when Trump came in, he reduced taxes, he reduced regulations, and that is what has to take place. The government, when the government's bigger, the individual is smaller. Mm -hmm. The government has no business being involved in most of the stuff they're currently involved in because they do nothing to provide good benefits All they do is eat away. The bureaucracy is there, and the bigger the government, the smaller the individual. And we all know that is not what America was based upon. Right. In fact, I I think the reason why he's bringing the Federal Reserve in here, he went on to talk about how he had had these, you know, he's nominated five people for the Federal Reserve Board of diverse backgrounds, women, yada, yada, yada. One of the women who was nominated was asked point blank last week whether or not she was a socialist or a capitalist, and she refused to answer the question. What he's trying to do and what he's signaling here, and first of all, I want the American people to understand, um, you know, maybe I'll give you a certificate that you've, you've come to my e- mine and Elhoff's econ class as well as our U.S. government class. The Federal Reserve's job is not having anything to do with your employment, okay? Um, in fact, the only thing that the federal government might have to do with your employment is the Department of Labor and their, you know, and, and their rules regard, and regulations regarding that, which they we should have never gotten in, in the business of opening a Department of Labor. But they're not going to be able to keep you employed unless they start, and, and what I think is happening here is I think Joe Biden is signaling that he's going to begin transferring a lot of power to the Federal Reserve that they don't currently have that have to do that will affect 
our, our jobs because it will come in the form of regulations and it will come because this is ultimately why he's knowingly why they nominated a socialist to sit on the Federal Reserve Board. This is ultimately about ushering in a communist society economically, isn't it? I tell you, the problem is, again, you go back to this, the least government involvement that you have in industry, the better. Mm -hmm. And the Federal Reserve is supposed to take care of the monetary system and make sure that there is free active trade between the banks and Mm -hmm. that there is a supply of money there and to designate what are the proper interest rates and take care of that stuff. It is not for the, the Federal Reserve does not create jobs. Andrew, you know that. The federal government does not create jobs. What creates jobs is capitalism. Capitalism of small businesses filling a niche and hiring people to take care of that, whatever it may be. Right. And that's what capitalism is about. And they're trying to take this into a socialism realm that has not worked anywhere in the entire world. Right. And this is why it's so critical that we do teach uh, from starting in K, you know, in, in kindergarten, the basics of money, how money works, the basis of capitalism. I had the guy on last night, the publisher of Brave Books, where he's actually, you know, he, he became a publisher of children's books uh, to begin to, uh, one of which has to do with, um, I think Jack Posobiec wrote one about no free ice cream, to beginning to, uh, you know, educate kids and get them in, uh, beginning at a young age, to beginning the, the beginnings of teaching them about capitalism. One of the women that they had to withdraw the nomination of for the federal board. I think she was actually going to run it. Um, you know, she, she said she couldn't find the paper that she had published before, but it was about the federal government taking over and controlling Wall Street, having, um, having all banking being uh, put under the control of the federal government and um, other aspects that we don't have time to get into. So that people need to understand that, and he's playing on the ignorance of the American people. He's making them think that if they're out of work right now, or if they're struggling to pay the bills because of inflation, that his Federal Reserve is going to solve the problem. And that should be, see that as a, see that as a red flag, America, when he's talking about, because what he's talking about is federalizing our economy and centralizing it and taking uh, control over banks and, 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 and all of our industries as well. Um, him talking about, um, he said that he's, he bragged today that he had solved the supply chain problem and that what we're seeing on, and videos of empty shelves everywhere, we're not really seeing those empty shelves, Elhoff. I guess my eyes are deceiving me. Well, we are still seeing empty shelves. You're absolutely correct. He has not solved that problem. He hasn't solved anything since he's been in there. Name one thing he's done that's been good. I can't come to terms with anything that he has done that has changed it for the better. Well, in fact, it's, it's, in fact, he's destroying our economy. We had, even under Trump, thank goodness we had Trump, um, because he, he, he had, if we didn't have the economic foundation going into this Biden administration, where would we be right now? 
Would we have oh. any food on the shelves? Would be ten dollars a gallon of gas in San Diego? Would we have any? You know, would, would I be at fifteen dollars? <gasps> I can't even say would I be at fifteen dollars a pound of bacon? I die. Uh, but you know, and and where the gas prices? What was the first thing he did day one? He shut down the Keystone Pipeline. What was and and what did he do? Second thing that he did on day one, he removed sanctions and paved the way for a pipeline for Putin, right? Totally. Um, so it's not going to it, whatever he's whatever he intends with the Federal Reserve and he's in in his promise that they're going to be the ones to not let price increases be entrenched. They will be entrenched. We all need to understand they're in, in the process of, of trying to uh, seize control over our elections. You need to be thinking now about what to do with your money. And that's why I brought Elhoff onto the show so that we would have a news you can use segment. And so you would have some content that you could use to help you make decisions for your life and make your life better for yourself, for your retirement, for your children coming up. And that brings me to your movie. Tell everybody about it quickly. We've got a minute and how they can see it. Absolutely. Folks, everyone is experiencing financial cancer. It's taxes, regulation, fees, inflation, depreciation of the dollar. All those are affecting you right now. You don't even realize it. The baby boomer dilemma helps you address different things that PhDs, Nobel Peace, uh, Nobel Prize winning PhDs have come out to figure out how they solve their issues. And that's what the baby boomer dilemma will do for you. Text me 619-548-0965. I got several texts over the last week from you folks out there, and I hope they watch the movie. 619-548-0965, The Baby Boomer Dilemma. Watch it, folks. It can save your retirement. Yes. And I'm hearing from more and more people that, you know, um, friends of mine that are beginning to really panic over it because, you know, and these and these aren't necessarily these aren't people that that never thought about their retirement. I mean, these are people that worked in corporate America, put in their 401ks, um, but they're looking at they're, they're looking at the cost exploding of living in San Diego, thinking, okay, well. You know, what do I do? Can I afford to live here? Where can I, you know, how can I make what money I did set aside? I, I don't have enough. How do I know if I have enough? And, and how do I, how do I take what I've got and make it work for me? And, you know, it's not going to help you to, uh, to ignore the issue. You've got to pay attention to it. And this is a movie that you can watch in your own time, experts in the field, uh, and you can have a good understanding of where to go, you know, from here and make good decisions for yourself. Dave Elhoff, one last time on the phone number. Yes, 619-548-0965. I'm going to have it out in a theater in a couple months where you can come to the theater, have some popcorn and a drink and enjoy yourself free. Okay. So. All right, good. We'll get it going. All right, sounds good, and I better be invited. But I want popcorn, but I also want a hot dog, and I want nachos and the box of hot tamales. <laughs> That's my movie watching pa- package. <laughs> All right. Thank you for being here, my dear. All right, AJ. Thank you, bud. All right, stay tuned. We got more Andrea K. Show on its way. Andrea K. Show, strictly adhering to and preserving our First Amendment. Follow Andrea on OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K. Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E.
Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. So all that uh, Schumer has failed, and I guess his his attempt to get this talking filibuster and you know um, to break down the Republicans. Um. So what's left for the Democrats at this point is to try to push Manchin and, and Cinema to vote to remove the the uh, the filibuster and make it go to a straight majority vote. And um, I, I predict that they hold firm. And earlier in the show, I was talking about Republicans counter to to the Democrats and the three areas that, that I didn't think that they were doing a good job in messaging having to do with COVID against Biden, against Biden on the economy. Um, what was the other one I was talking about? Oh, the elections. Um, and, uh, and, and speaking of that, I guess this wouldn't be a fourth. I'm just going to piggyback onto the third, um, you know, and hearing so many senators before, earlier, I was talking about how so many senators were complaining about how getting rid of the filibuster would blow up the Senate and what the Senate was about and the, the institution that, uh, no, it's about, uh, and I said, they need to keep the focus on countering what the Democrats are trying to do is permanently steal the elections and take our vote away from us. It's really about the most precious freedom we have. It's really about the core of the United States of America and what this country was founded on a representative government, a Republic of States, right? And that's what was being threatened. They're threatening to blow up America. And and Schumer is, is attempting by keeping the focus on it, keeping the focus on it. I think he knows he's dead in the water. It's But it's about creeping into the psyche of Americans to normalize the idea of centralizing it. But also one of the things that the Republicans have failed to do is properly counter in, de- in the way that they're dealing with Manchin and Cinema. Manchin and Cinema are not heroes. What's with all this crap about Republicans? We need Ma- Ma- Manchin needs to come over to the Republican Party. Look, both Manchin and Cinema have said that if they had the majority, if they had more than fifty votes, votes if they didn't have to get rid of the filibuster, they would sign on for this legislation. They are not heroes. I don't want them in the Republican Party. You can, what you can say is, you know, we're glad that Manchin and Cinema were willing to do the right thing. You know, in a valley of blind men, a one-eyed man can be king. That's our old saying at Xerox. I'm not going to give you credit because you're not going to get rid of the filibuster. I'm not going to act like you're a hero, right? Because in a valley of blind men, Marxist communists in the Democrat Party, you decided to be less communist on this particular day? No. Shame on, instead of saying, oh, we just are so McConnell today. We just want to say, applaud them for their courage. And this movement of people trying to get them to come to the Republican Party, no. They need to be shamed for the fact that they were willing to sign on for this crap. Now, I guess there could be there could be some kind of am I wrong skins? I mean, could there be some genius in the Republican Party patting them on the back because it keeps them maybe if they're getting that praise there, it keeps them in line with not getting rid of the filibuster. Yeah, no, I, I think I, that's more probable than not. I, I don't I don't know that I agree with that. I've got to, I've got to ponder this from a strategy standpoint, congratulating communists for being less communist on one day, I don't think really moves the dial because they're not mansion and cinema are not doing this because they're getting praise from Mitch McConnell. That's not why they're doing this. They're doing this because they're wise enough to be looking down the road for the Democrats 
or or maybe in some way they're just enjoying it. That could be one reason. Or the other is that they enjoy the power that they've got over the Democrat Party at this point. But it's not because of any praise they're getting from the Republican Party. And we need to not be praising anybody that would sign on to this legislation. Again, it's not keeping the focus and the messaging where it needs to be of what the Democrat Party is seeking to do. How come McConnell today wasn't talking about how the very things that are inside of this voting legislation are what we have seen were illegally done in 2020. Why wasn't Mitch McConnell talking today about that Wisconsin judge yesterday pointing out that Wisconsin election commissions had broken the law in 2020? That's evidence of fraud. And those very mechanisms of fraud are what the Democrats are trying to make permanent going forward. Right? Now is not the time to be patting any Democrat on the back who wants to centralize our elections. That's just my thought there. Um, also have to worry about, you know, are the Republicans going to get squishy? You might have some of them eventually, you know, vote to get rid of the filibuster. Right. Or you might have some Republicans get squishy um, because we're not putting enough focus on the election theft as a part of this legislation. And they might actually negotiate with the left to keep some of those implements of that legislation. we got to be wary of that. All right. We'll be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.